0: Hi, I'm Brand and I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark Christmas movies.
1: I'm Nikki, and I am in all the Hallmark Christmas movies that Dan despises.
2: <laughs> and this is the Deck the Hallmark podcast.
3: feels good to be here again um it feels especially good to kind of have a day off from watching movies that's right yeah we yeah, 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 just right, get yeah. to just yeah. get to hang out and talk. talk
2: sooner or later when hallmark does that three movies a day for 60 straight uh, days thing in 2025 we're, gonna we're all gonna be in really bad shape yeah.
3: no more interviews ever but uh, this year we get to which we're really excited about nikki welcome uh to the podcast Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. What's kind of your uh, five favorite things you could
2: say about us? Now, yeah, You're a big fan of the podcast. You right. told us before yeah, you yeah. listened to every episode. <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 so
0: five uh, my favorite things. <laughs>
1: Listen, what I think I love the most, um, instead of getting giving five things, I love the fact that you embrace this whole thing because I can't tell you how many people that I run across and of course the wives are already always like, we love them, we love them. And the husband like rolls their eyes and like, you know, it's like, yeah, she makes me watch them, but you guys just like own it. And I think it's manly. And I think it's wonderful.
2: So, Thank you. Nikki, when are you running for president? Yeah. Uh, uh, when is that? Because we tried <laughs> to give you, vote. we tried to give you the old gotcha question, and uh, Nikki gave us a compliment uh, somehow. Uh, so, I mean, just God of the, the Earth, she's already. good. She's
3: good. We'll talk about health care in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> so get right. ready for yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. listen,
1: I am. I you. You're going to get into it. We're going to be here for about five hours. <laughs> That's right. To get into healthcare.
2: us <laughs> love it. Now, you actually hail from Georgia, very close to us. We're yeah. in Greenville, South Carolina. So you're you're a good Southern girl then.
1: Yeah, I'm I was born and raised in Blackshear, Georgia. It's about 30 minutes north of the Florida line. My whole family lives on the farm. I call it the compound because (laughs) my literally my whole family lives there. So my mom and my dad and my grandmother, my uncle and his kids and my sister and her husband and their three kids and my brother, like my literally my whole family lives on this farm.
2: Wow. Wow. Now, for those of you not from Georgia, where she's talking about is that place in between <laughs> Atlanta and the beach. I think yeah, yeah. Well, that's the yeah it's potential. actually where the
1: Okie Swamp is. Okay. It's right next to Waycross, Georgia, and there's a big a big swamp there, and so that's where we are. And we're about an hour and fifteen minutes from the Jacksonville Airport. Okay. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's yeah. like you know, when I was growing up, there was one traffic light mm-hmm. and mostly dirt roads. Yep.
2: she gets to say Okie yeah.
3: with that's a straight face.
4: (laughs) Um,
3: Now, you know what they always say about your small hometown is that a lot of people come out of it um, acting and making it in showbiz and stuff. (laughs) So (laughs) obviously your story is like everybody else's, but just for the sake of the podcast and stuff, how did you kind of get into uh, acting and and the, the movie world?
1: Um, I started when I was really young. I kind of my mom describes it that I knew at three what I wanted to do. I hmm. was watching like singing in the rain and pointed mm. to the TV and said, I want to do that. And uh, got into dance, got into singing, won a bunch of talent shows. The next thing you knew, I had an agent. And by seven, I was actually working professionally. Wow. wow. And you had an when-
3: agent before you were seven?
1: Not before at seven.
3: Let's not get crazy. Let's not
1: get out
4: Solid of control here, There's a yeah. the
1: big difference between six and seven. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, by twelve, I was on a show called the Mickey Mouse Club.
4: Mm. So yeah. I've
2: heard of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> how yeah. is how is Mickey though, like behind the scenes?
1: You know what? I it's it's <laughs> people always ask me, like, what was the experience like really? And I got to tell you, like, it was heaven for me because you got to – I mean, like, I'm from a small town. I was a creative arts kid. Like, listen, I played sports. I was really – I was an athlete as well. So I wasn't, like, you know, totally isolated and living in my bedroom writing poetry all the time. But I um, but I, I wanted to sing and I wanted to dance and I wanted – that's what I wanted to do. And so um, – I I got to do it every day with people who are just like me. So when I arrived there, it was like, oh, you guys are just like I am. You are obsessed with this thing and that's all you want to do. And, you know, they worked as hard. Six-day weeks, three live shows a week. Um, We worked minimum, you know, nine to six every single day, um, including school. Um, But it never felt like work. Not Mm -hmm. one day of it felt like work ever. And it was some of the greatest years of my life. So
2: I imagine that opened up a ton of opportunities for you to be a part of something as big as the Mickey Mouse Club? Like, what was your net? Like, that that seems to be the big break. But, like, what did you do after that? What What happened after that? I,
1: ironically, it wasn't. So when really? I moved to L.A., I moved to L.A. after that, and I was 15, almost 16 years old. And my agents, because it was a kid's show, they didn't even want me to put it on my resume. And I was like, wow. then what am I going to put on my resume? Like, I don't like... <laughs> What, what do you mean? Hates kids um, shows. Just all, all caps,
2: not the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And so they didn't even want me to put it on my resume. And now it's like, obviously, it, it is a big deal that I was a part of. And I think it's because so many kids came out of it and are really and truly some of the most favorite, famous people in the world. Mm. Um, so I actually had to fight for every opportunity that I've Truly, every opportunity I've ever been given in my life or I've ever had in my life is something that I fought for. I've never been given anything. Mm. And um, it's been, you know, there's been years where I I didn't know if I was going to be able to, like, buy food for sure. And there was Mm. years I definitely couldn't buy you know, good food. Um, but the fact that I can, you know, now say that I'm a working actor and I can pay my bills doing this. Like I'm a really lucky person. Cause it's a very small percentage of us that get to do that. So no.
2: basically you were made to work for Hallmark because your story sounds like a Hallmark story. Uh, yeah. And, and, or a uh, bad country
1: song. Uh, no, yeah. yeah.
2: But, you know, a lot of times they're both. I don't know. if you know, <laughs> yeah, Totally. Um, bad movies can be bad country <laughs> songs. It's <laughs> uh, Now I, two, like two things. One is like all that time, just grinding, trying to get jobs, Jobs in LA. Did you ever think? You know, I'm just going back to backwoods Georgia. I'm gonna live on the compound with my folks, and I'm gonna like Ugh. just find a job. Like, did, how close were you to just just giving up and, and packing it up and going home?
1: Never, really, really, never. Wow. No, I mean, like, there were some really dark days and yes days that I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? You know, why am I out here? Like, just struggling to like ha- put food in my mouth. Mm. Um, But when I really sat down and thought about it. I loved it so much that I just couldn't imagine not continuing. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it not being a part of my life. And, you know, things are different now. Like I, I've gone through a lot of really tough things. You know, my, um, my youngest son has had three heart surgeries. My, my my dad is, uh, we're losing my dad. Mm. Um, he's got dementia and he's Mm. very young. He got it in his fifties. Um, I've been through a lot of like really like life changing experiences. And, you know, this industry used to be my everything. And then I had kids and then I went through like what real life looks like. And I I went to the show, the life or death show. And now, and now I have the, um, now I'm more of just, you know, this is my job and this is what I, and I'm so lucky to have this as my job, but really, and truly my purpose, Um, of getting up every day as being a person of service Mm, and giving back as much as I can. Mm. And um, now I want to do this and make more movies and have a bigger platform only so that I could do more for people who are in need. So it's changed a little bit over time.
2: So it sounds like your story there resonates very much with the story of the lead in Two Turtle Doves. And I want to wait because we're going to talk about the movie a little bit later to put a pin in that. I I do want to hear how you got from... Just going into auditions every day to right. Hallmark, like how do yeah. how, like how, how do you how do you just do you stumble upon it? Do you decide you want to do it? Uh, you know, yeah, right. Jill, Jill, I just
1: walked, well, I walked into Bill Abbott's office and like, I was listen,
2: like, "Listen, uh, uh, well, you're there. welcome, Bill." Jill, Jill Wagner, Jill Wagner, legitimately told us that her grandmother said, you know, I love those Hallmark movies. I'd love to see you do one of those before I die. And that's why she did her first one. So, like, it's always interesting to hear, like, how you get there, because it's it's not really a part of a conglomerate. It's not, you know, it's, yeah. Crown Media is its own thing. So, how'd you No, get, and
1: they find you. Yeah. They really find you. Like, I, there's so many actors now that come up to me, and are like, how can I get in? And I was like, it's not like that. They find you. Hmm. You know? It um, sounds really like do the Mafia,
2: Nikki. <laughs> <No. laughs> well,
1: no, it's more like, you know... If you're in trouble just
2: blink three or four times and we can
4: help you out that's amazing
1: uh, no they really like they just do their homework on people like they want to make sure that if they're bringing somebody into the family that you know they're not just good actors or good at their job that they're also good humans and so that it's the one network that really takes that very seriously mm-hmm. and i appreciate that because there's a lot of bad behavior that gets rewarded with with jobs in Los Angeles you know Um, and it's always made me so upset because there's tons of talented people out there that never get an opportunity who are really like awesome people so for me it's a very similar story actually as Jill so I was on a show called Awkward Mm. for about six years it was um A huge, huge show on MTV, People's Choice Award winning, really lucky to be a part of it. And my grandmother, same thing, kept saying, like, I want you to do one of those Hallmark movies. (laughs) And um, I had actually been recording them for years over Christmas. And whenever I would, you know, do, do my decorations and wrap gifts, I would put them on and I would open up a bottle of wine. And watch Hallmark, drink wine, wrap my gifts, do the whole thing, and so um, so an offer came through for me to go and do one, and it was my very first one. It was the last one of the year. It was the Christmas Eve movie, mm. and I had gone home to Georgia for Christmas. We were in Christmas Eve service at the church. This is a huge Southern Baptist Church, yep. Yep. and usually <laughs> nothing nothing gets in the way of church service. Mm-hmm. But the pastor was like, we got to get out of here early. Nikki's movie is on. <laughs> I love it. I, I have never seen my town so excited about something. And I had been in this business forever. And I had been a series regular on, like, so many shows. I had had so many, you know, different things on my IMDb page. And like it's like I had never done anything before in my life. <laughs> That's great. Like, anything. And um, just the reaction that I got was so it's so special. And I was like, wait, there's something really important happening here. You know, this matters to people. And so I went back to LA. I came up with three different pitches because, you know, my goal has always been to, um, also produce and write. And I came up with three pitches. I went into my manager's office and I was like, so this is what I want to start doing. And they were like, you're about to get off a hit show and you want to go do Hallmark. And I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. Hmm. And they were like, I was like, yeah, look, if other shows come up, great. But I want this to be a part of my career. And they kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. (laughs) And um, I teased them about it because now they're like, you were the the smart one. Because now they're trying to get their writers and directors and actors in with them, you know, because it's blown up and it's so huge. And I think. I just knew that something really really magical was happening and I knew that like I wanted to tell stories that mattered to people and at the end of the day just made people happy mm. and so I knew that this is something I wanted to be a part of so I went into the office I sold um, I sold one of the pitches that I produced and then um, wrote another one of the scripts that I ended up selling to them and um, since then I've've done I think four Five or five more movies for them, mm. um, five or six. But yeah, I, I, I knew at that moment that I was going to be a part of something that was that was really important, and I'm happy
3: yeah. to be a part of it. I'm I'm interested because you used to go home and watch these movies, drink wine like everybody else does at Christmas time. <laughs> totally. Um, what in your opinion, someone who's been in them and watched a lot of them, what makes a really good Hallmark Christmas movie versus, I don't know, something like Nostalgic Christmas like you watch with the Bubbly seshes maybe not as good as Two Turtle Doves which yeah. was great. If you what have, makes
2: yeah, a good one? We're not going to talk bad about Hallmark movies no. on this particular podcast but if you would like to listen to our Nostalgic <laughs> Christmas podcast it's available on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> right, I what, love it. What would
3: you say makes a great Hallmark Christmas movie?
1: Well, you know, uh, I mean, for me and especially now that that I am producing them and I feel I feel like two turtle doves really move the needle forward in a way that, you know I was always that I I had been wanting and and we had we had a great team behind the scenes. Leslie Demetrius, who's the director. She was a first time director for Hallmark. She's directed before, but this was her first time for Hallmark. Mm. It was an idea that she brought to the table. Ashley Squires, who's a creative executive at Hallmark, who really and truly is interested in. Telling important stories, bigger stories. Like, let's really look at that script. Where what is the character's physical and emotional journey? Let's make like let's do our due diligence as creators, and not you know, you know, and give our audience the respect that they deserve as viewers to make a, the best movie we could possibly make. Instead of just saying, well, it's this or it's that or whatever, they're going to love it no matter what. Let's just put that out there. Mm. And I applaud her for that because she really and truly cares very much about it. And then we brought in Sarah Montana, who is the writer. She also wrote Love to the Rescue. I don't know if you saw that. I did that earlier this year. We did not,
2: but we have heard from 100 people that we must watch it.
4: So. Yeah. It's
1: it's great. It's really good. And I, I don't just throw that out there, but it was the first time that – so I'm a comedic actress. I mean I've done a ton of drama, but like – I do a lot of comedy, and it was the first time they really let me loose a little bit. Now, they didn't keep all of my ad-libs. They didn't keep all of like the stuff that I did, but they they really did let us loose with the comedy, mm. and we made something really funny, and it's very much of like a romantic comedy movie Mm -hmm. in the van. Like I grew up with those. That's what I watched. like, so I've seen every rom-com always wanted to work in the genre. So I am kind of a purist in that way. Like I know what makes, what makes them good. And for me, um, with two turtle doves, you had that perfect collaboration of Ashley and Leslie. And then Sarah came in to write it. Sarah's a genius. Sarah is one of the most incredible writers. So she also, if you guys haven't gotten a chance, she's also done a Ted talk and another talk that has like millions of viewers. So this was very much inspired by her life as well. Wow. She did a Ted talk on forgiveness. Um, she, she lost her mother and her, um, and one of her siblings when she was in her her twenties, her early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, lost both of them um, they were shot wow, and wow. Um, she ended up doing this TED talk on how she got to be able to forgive the person who did that to her oh, family my Goodness! Um, mm. and she is a remarkable human so when you have that to begin with when your foundation is that like you know For me, I had done three, two movies with Leslie, the director, at this point before Two Turtle Doves. I did Love to the Rescue. She was shadowing the director. I did Love Takes Flight, which was our Hallmark Hall of Fame. She was a creative producer on that. And I knew that she was working on Two Turtle Doves. And I was like, wait, first of all, they're going to let us do a movie about grief? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like actually do yeah. it, yeah. like not yeah. just be like, yeah, my mom died one day. Anyway, I'm happy now. Yeah. <laughs> like they're really gonna let us do a movie on grief. And also, I get, I, I, I there's a neuroscientist as the lead who studies trauma on the brain and the body, which is something that I've been studying for the last two years of my life because of my son. Mm. And also with all my work with the Alzheimer's Association, they've now proven that trauma is a trigger for Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's a really big deal. And I was like, we have an opportunity to tell a story that actually really is important. and has a really important message. I campaigned to be a part of it. Like literally campaigned. I I said to head of casting at Hallmark, like, I want this Christmas movie. I, I like, please make this happen. Michael Rady is my favorite like, he was the he was the male lead on mm-hmm. it. I did love To the Rescue with him. He's my creative soulmate. I wanted to do it with him. And both of us really wanted to set Leslie up for success. So she's, you know, it was her first time directing. We really wanted the A-team on this. And um, it was just so thoughtful from beginning to end. And I think what, you know, they did with this movie that makes a good movie is people want to laugh as much as they want to cry. Mm -hmm. Like that's the truth. They want to feel something and they want to be moved and we can't be afraid of making people feel something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's the reason why awkward the show that I did was so successful is because Kids laughed as much as they cried watching it. Mm. Um, And so that's what I think. I think you can't be afraid to really go there, um, not just as creators, but as actors as well.
0: Well, and I think that in this movie, there's a lot of profound reflections on grief in your dialogue. It's not your surface level, just dialogue. I mean, these are people who have truly... You know, gone through something and you can tell yes. the writing is a reflection of somebody who has genuinely gone through grief and has has gone through yeah. mourning. And what's nice is there's it's not necessarily wrapped up in a pretty bold, you know, nope. bold your own mourning in this movie. And I think that that is a reflection of something deeper and what makes this movie special.
1: I totally agree. I don't know if you guys remember, there was one scene where the little girl, played brilliantly by Michaela Russell, comes into the room and it's me and Michael's character and the little girl. And she had been showing me around the house to show, like, mm-hmm. this is where we put this every year and this is where we put this. And then she comes in and they have this conversation about, you know, being sad at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she says to her dad, Well, like, why are you never sad? I never see you sad. And he's like, Oh, I'm sad. I'm sad all the time. I just. I I try not to be because I want you to have a good Christmas. And they have this, like, really emotional conversation. That was a real conversation that the writer had to have with her younger brother after her – Yeah. And so – It was, it took everything Michael and I had not to sob in the filming. Like, the director came up and kept saying, like, okay, so just, like, like, you can be touched, but just don't, like, not snot and, like, the whole (laughs) thing. Like, Like, I literally was, like, blowing my nose. And so, like, that was a real moment that happened for her. And... And all of these are real moments that actually happen for people all the time because we've all experienced loss. Yeah. We all know what it is to grieve. So treat that with the honor that it deserves.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, your your movies normally shoot for, you know, 15 days. And on top of that, you have this emotional component to it where you guys just like exhausted by the end of every single yeah. day. I mean, no, there's the normal yeah. exhaustion. But, I mean, this must have been even more intense on that
4: level.
1: Exhausted. Yeah. Um, I did three movies back to back with walking pneumonia for all in this one. I had walking pneumonia too. Oh my
4: gosh. Gee, What a trooper. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Listen, my
1: grandfather raised me tough.
4: (laughs) That's right. right. No kidding. Must have. My
2: goodness. I actually, (laughs) I mentioned Sarah Montana by name on the podcast. I've never mentioned a writer on the podcast by name ever because it's the first time I can remember that. While the dialogue is still Hallmark and it's still, like, not perfect by any stretch, it is adult. Like, they don't have this weird thing where the two two leads are kind of falling for each other and then they split off with their uh, friend of the same gender to do this middle school, like, do you like him? I don't know. You want me to send him a note? Like, they don't do that. Like, they are honest about their feelings. They, you know, he asked her on a date. There's this, like... And, and all of this leads to what I consider to be the best scene in this movie and the best scene I've seen this year so far, which is uh, the almost kiss scene in this movie. Um, I Nikki, I'm just telling you right now, the almost kisses are so dumb in these movies. And I know, in I this know. movie, not only do we have, not only does he turn down a kiss from you once he does it twice twice, no! but, but he does it for a legitimate adult reason reason I, I did not know what to do with my like was that in the original script was there any improv there like just it was how so do you good. make that kind of that's that that scene was magic it was great
1: Thank you. Gosh, coming from you, I I really appreciate it, man. Um, There's
2: some stuff about like synaptic pruning I've got later that I want to ask, so don't worry. Yeah, if you want to have a conversation,
1: I got a book for you. (laughs) Um, I got a real, real doozy of a book for you. Um, So first of all, Sarah wrote that his speech that obviously that he gives right after that and his reasoning for it. But I had spoken with Leslie about it, the director, and I said, I hate – how this is usually done in these scripts because it is so, um, it's not adult. This is not what happens. And, and I want to go in and I want, I want to make it known that I want to kiss this man and I want to make it really hard for him not to kiss me back. Mm. So I'm going to hold my face Mm -hmm. like this. And, and we didn't know if they would let us keep it to be honest. Like we didn't know if, if, but we didn't do a different take. Mm-hmm. We didn't give them a different option. They could have potentially ended up cutting around it. But I think that that's the, that was the beauty of this film is that every single person behind the scenes ended up saying, no, we're going we're gonna to leave that and we're going to take a chance. and We're going to see if our audiences like it. But I very specifically made a choice as an actor to make this moment real and kind of sexy.
0: Mm. hmm Like I I wanted
1: to like go in and make it known that like I want your lips on my lips and – Really allow him to like really make it hard for him to turn. Well, me we down. all
2: were watching the movie, going, "Are you kidding me, Michael Rady? <laughs> like we all were like, "Are you serious yeah. right now?" There was like, a gasp in the room.
3: There like, was three like, kids watching the movie. We were like, what
2: in the world is he doing?"
3: <laughs> it's more <laughs> believable though than the almost kiss where this interrupted and then somehow they don't kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah because everyone, yeah. Anyway, if
2: you yeah. interrupted, it's like, "Oh, the Christmas bell oh, started ringing. <laughs> let's get back to oh, what we were self, about uh, to do. You're gonna kiss." That's right. No, so
3: the 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 reasoning in the explanation because awesome. great. So
2: good. and his his intentionality matched yours, right? So like his intentionality of I'm definitely not kissing this woman matched your intentionality, and that's what made that scene something that I yes. was like, "Are we still watching Hallmark?" For a very brief moment, I was like, "Wait a minute, this is this is good." Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, now, Thank you so much. No problem.
2: No, it was wonderful. It was totally wor- worth all the praise that we're giving it. Um, you you talked about Michaela Russell earlier. Um, you were a child actress. You got to work yes. with her. She seemed to be just dark and adorable. Did you, did she she try to pick your brain or did you get to offer any words of wisdom moving forward or, or how was that working with her?
1: Well, to her dad for sure. And to her mom, but I got to tell you, like, this is, you know, people ask me a lot, like, do you know, should I put my child, should I be concerned? And I'm like, yeah, you should be concerned. Like this is, you know, it's not an industry you just throw your child into, but when you do put your child in it is when your child was like me, where it was like, I'm going to run away from home. I love this thing so much that the train is moving. You can either get on board or not. That's when you explore that with your child, not like, I want my child to do movies. I'm going to push my child into doing this. And that's what I see a lot is like parents Mm -hmm. kind of pushing their kids into the movie industry because they want to be a part of it. That's not what you do. You let your child decide that later in life when they go to college or they're in high school, if they want to go to do theater or whatever. And Michaela is one of those kids where like she just – Eats, sleeps, and breathes it. And she loves it so much. She's also, literally, guys, the one of the best humans I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Wow. Her family is so dear and so kind and so wonderful. And they t- take such beautiful care of her in this space. And I told them, I said, listen – Yes, let her do other things. Let her audition for other things. But she's – you know, her being able to work in the Hallmark world right now is a really – that's really good. Keep her in that kind of space because it is family-oriented. You are going to get people on set that are going to take care of her in a very different way than they would, say, on another kind of TV show. You know, she's going to be about – she's going to be around people like me and people like Michael. Um, And honestly, like, that girl's just going to – she's going to soar. She yeah. is so good at what she does. She is so authentic and real and just such a lovely human. The whole family is.
4: Oh, that's So
2: awesome. um, it's clear you really wanted this from the beginning and you were a yeah. hard nose wanting to be an actress, uh, actor, and, and you wanted to do this. And then you said your dreams changed. There's a, a huge line, Panda pointed out in the podcast, about when your dreams change, that's okay, and your goals change, it that's is. okay. So this movie and then you say that your father had early onset dementia. And so like there's a lot of this that I'm almost to the point now where you probably had to turn some of that off to play this role. Like,
1: well, <laughs> see, I so I work very differently than a lot of other actors. Most actors work with a technique called substitution or method. Mm-hmm. So they they either try to live it. Or they do something called substitution where it's like, oh, yeah, I want to remember what it was like to lose my grandmother. or I want to remember what it was like to fall in love years ago. And that's not how I work. I trained at a studio called Warner Laughlin Studios. We are we are we kind of like dive into a script and really study the behavior because for the most part, we are human beings are behavior like we're we are driven by behaviors. We can say a whole bunch of things, but it's actually what we do that dictates like our intentions and what we really want. So like some part, how many times has somebody said, yeah, yeah, I'll call you. And then they never do, you know what I mean? Or yeah, I love you, but then their behavior doesn't back that up. So we study a script as if we're like kind of scientists, behavioral scientists. Then we flip over into our imagination and live out like parts of this character's life in our minds. Mm -hmm. And, um, the reason I work that way, it's more playful. It keeps me out of the zone of just being sad all day. If I'm thinking about, you know, the fact that I'm losing my dad, Um, but it also makes it more real. So when I'm standing in front of Michael Rady, I'm not standing in front of, you know, a guy that I once fell in love with and imagining what that feels like. I'm standing in front of Michael Rady as Sharon Harper, feeling what that feels like Mm, to, to fall in love with him specifically. And it's just the most beautiful way to work. And also, like you said, I am going through that with my dad. And it is so sad. Like, this will be our last Christmas with him at home. Mm-hmm. And he's 65 years old. He got mm-hmm. to mention his 50s. And I, you know, to be able to have to to have to have think all day long about that would be too much. It, would, mm-hmm. it really would yeah. be too much. However, what it does do, it, what I do do is... Going through things like that in my life does give me a reverence and for a character who is going through this. So what I do instead is like, oh, we have to make sure to hold this moment very sacred because people mm. are going through this in their own lives. And we really have to give it the care and the thoughtfulness that it deserves. Um, so that is how I kind of implement that in mm. my lives, yeah, in, my, in my character.
0: Well, and one of the things you said earlier is that with everything you're going through, it's kind of made you more focused on service. How have the things that you have been going through, like, what's the next plan that yeah, obviously <laughs> you're acting, but now what else are you also doing that's kind of bringing these other things together?
2: I saw you in Palaha um, out there walking for Alzheimer's. So, yeah, like, I, I saw yeah. that already. Yeah. I, I, I donated uh, to the it. cause. So so great. Like, oh, you did? Yeah, absolutely. Thank most you definitely. So much. Good problem. Yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. Yeah. That means the world to me. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, I, um, so listen, I want to do this for the rest of my life in terms of my job. I, I'm moving into producing and writing more and I want to tell stories that matter. Mm. You know, I have a couple of books that we've optioned, uh, very important, real true stories Mm. Almost all the things that are on mine and my writing partners deck are all true stories. I'm also, you know, still creating, developing for hallmark. Um, I got a couple of movies we'll be shooting of mine next year. Um, but I want to use that platform to be able to do the things that I want to do in the world of Alzheimer's Association, and specifically Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, who mm. saved my son's life not once, but three times. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a number one hospital in in California and in the western United States, number five in the nation. It's got the top cardiac institute in the country and uh-huh. the best pediatric heart surgeon in the world. And um, they uh, they see – Thousands upon thousands, actually half a uh, half a million kids a year come through wow. this hospital. Man. Yeah. And so for me now, I'm on the board um, at Children's Hospital of L.A. I never thought that I would be given wow. such a tremendous honor in my life. It's it's I was like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big deal. But now I get to be a part of making sure that that hospital only grows so that more children's lives can be saved. So that's really what I'm interested in. If you have a cause and, cause I, I feel guys like, like at the end of the day, we are in this together. All right? Like no one person is better than anybody. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your status is or how famous you are. Like it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, we all die the same. Mm. And, and so what actually matters is that we help each other along the way. Like, what do you need? How can I be of service? Um, how can I help you? Like, that's what I want to give mm. a huge portion. That's what I want to do with a huge portion of my life. And my, I want my family to do the same. Oh, um, so really, it just does. It really no, matters to me.
2: Now you're sure you're not running for president, Nikki? I just want to confirm. By the way, I think
1: you're like you're like the twelfth person that's asked me that in the last year. Um, mm-hmm. So there may be something there. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I mean, you got uh, a I board want, seat at the fifth yeah. f- biggest hospital and whatever. That I don't want to break it to you. I
3: it's going to be tough to act in Hallmark this right. year if you're the president. good news
2: is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that well, type of acting you learn though sounds yeah. like much more beneficial than method for yeah. presidents yeah. so I'm, yeah, I'm on exactly
4: board. exactly yeah. I'm
3: uh I'm interested in uh so you, you you did this movie that actually deals with with mourning and you did a a movie earlier this year that was an actual rom-com what what else and this might be next year's two of the movies that you're, you're doing, what, it, what else is there in the Hallmark world that you're like, it, this hasn't really been done well yet that I would love to kind of do, um, kind of like what you did with Two Turtle Doves.
1: I want to do I want to do a TV series like a real a real family drama TV series Mm. I want to do it with Michael Rady I would love to also to do it with Michaela Russell with that same team of people I would love it if it was an extension of two turtle doves Mm. um, to be perfectly honest um, because then to get to see somebody like a neuroscientist be able to work families through like opening up a care center and what that would look like to interact with families on a daily basis and um, but that's what I want to do for them. Like I, I, want to do a TV series where we're telling like real stories, um, and show like what families go through every single day. I know that like, for me with my heart kid, you know, it has been as hard and difficult as is, it has been having to face the reality of potentially losing something, the thing that I've loved more than anything in life, which is my children. Um, it has been miraculous and it has been, um, magical It has changed the fabric of my being forever. And I feel like, and that's why I talk about, that's why I share those stories because I feel if we were telling that and telling that on a platform like Hallmark and that like, it's so relatable to what other people are going through, you know? So why not like, Mm tell these kind of stories, tell stories that matter and do it like every single week on a series with a family, also have the comedy. Um, so that's kind of my, that's my dream. Cool. For this. What's,
3: what's neat with Two Doves is it ended with a different type of question mark than a lot of other Hallmark movies where uh, in other ones the, the person moves back and that's it but with this one I'm moving back for a, a year. year I'm giving myself a, a year, year yeah. and I'm going to write and then and and we'll see what happens and so that lends itself to um, us being even more intrigued than normal mm-hmm. what yeah, happened with the, sure. the two leads yeah. afterwards yeah, so. no,
2: uh, yeah. Now, Nikki, in uh, 2018, you were in a movie called Reunited uh, for Christmas or at Christmas where you played a a woman who comes home to her uh, family's home and her grandmother has left a box and gives gifts so they can remember her and decide to stay in the family home. And so what led to this total departure in Two Turtle Doves where you play a woman that comes home? and uh, <laughs> tries to honor her, her, uh, her grandmother.
1: I, I, I wasn't done. I just done. wasn't done. Yeah. I wasn't done with the journey,
3: obviously.
2: more things to find. Oh, man. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, Is Reunited the Merry Christmas? Yeah, so I have a okay. question. I have a legit question about Reunited at Christmas. It's one of the uh, seminal moments of our first season of podcasting. Uh, Amazing. Hallmark. The end of the movie. Uh, yeah. Do you know how many times the words Merry Christmas are said before the credits roll?
4: Probably seven. Eleven. Woo Uh, eleven. Eleven times. Nikki
2: Deluxe. You are in a movie where the movie ends with people saying Merry Christmas eleven consecutive times. (laughs) How do you sleep at night?
1: It's 11. Yeah, it's
2: eleven. I oh. rewound it and I rewound it and counted because see, I'm method too. I hate these movies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I rewound it and counted eleven times, Nikki.
4: Eleven
1: yeah. times. That yep. was in the Yeah, because I remember in that last scene, we're all saying Merry no. Christmas eleven me times. And, and yeah, and I thought like I remember thinking like, well, they're just gonna edit some of
4: this
1: out. And then I remember watching it and being like, wow, like literally, it's like. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Merry, <laughs> Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I was like, they didn't edit it out. No. Was
2: like, yeah, It was a Walton family situation. <laughs> everybody had to say goodnight to everybody else. Uh, <laughs> and we did do it on the podcast, on the podcast. and I will yes. say. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> it's, a
1: lo- it's a lot of yeah, Merry it's Christmas. It's a lot of Maybe Merry Christmas. Of Just in case anyone... Yeah. Anyone was unsure That's if right. we were wishing them a Merry Christmas. We really yeah. hit you that guys one
2: nailed
4: home. 85
2: minute. They're like, what are we gonna do? We got 84 minutes. We need one minute here. What are we gonna How about Merry Christmas? A dozen times? Two minutes. Back it off. Hello. That is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Um let's, since we're talking about things that are funny, let me ask you this about two turtle doves. Um yeah. one of the things we talked about was this movie was so adult and so well written that we it almost didn't feel quite as light and airy as the hallmark that we right. were used to. And so, uh, what was the? I'm sure there was a concerted effort. Just knowing, talking to editors, writers, directors, Bill Abbott, Michelle Vickery, like, there's always a concerted effort to keep the brand the same. No one's questioning yes. that. So my question is, what was what did the concerted effort look like on the part of everyone involved to say, hey? We're talking about grief a bunch in this movie. It's still a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yes, let's make sure we balance here.
1: Yeah, no, it's true, and that's always um, that's always a line that you really like have to walk, um, and and especially in this movie, it was. You know, um, I know for me as an actor, it's like it, you can't dive too deep into the sadness because you need to be able to pick yourself up out of it and you still need to keep it light. So it's constantly like in each scene, like where did we come from? Where are we going to after this? What level, like maybe instead of, uh, instead of feeling, you know, devastated in this scene, I'm just going to feel, um, like uh, nostalgic Mm -hmm. or I'm just going to be remembering a moment instead of um, gutted you know so you kind of like have to really toe the line the director is a big part of that Ashley Squires at at Hallmark who is the creative executive is a huge part of that she navigates that in the script with the writer saying like okay we just had a sad moment let's have a variety of moments that make people feel better for the next four scenes Mm -hmm. and then we can go back to revisiting something that's real Or, or you know not that the other stuff isn't real it is but it's just like not sadness on top of sadness on top of sadness (laughs) yeah
3: yeah um we have we always like to ask questions that would give some clarity to questions that we had after them and we like to find out the answers okay Uh, We call it the What the Hallmark um, segment. (laughs) And the first one for me is uh, there's a place called uh, Holly and Ivy, which looks great. Yes. But, um, and you will know this, of course, but what is Holly and Ivy? Is it just a Christmas place or is it open all year? What does it look like as a a year round place?
1: Right. So um, Holly and Ivy is a place that is open. All year long. Great. However, it's not Christmas themed mm. all year long.
3: Do they change
2: the name? No, I'm still Holly and Ivy, I think. Just Holly and still
1: Ivy. Holly and Ivy. I wow. like it. Holly and Ivy, the name of their two kids. So oh, oh, Ivy. there you
4: go.
2: Love it. So let me ask you this. Um, oh, Grandma Vera left you a, a notebook and uh, the yes. character decided to cross through that notebook with her own pen which yeah. seemed a little not sentimental at all. <laughs> like, nah, it's just Grandma I'm Harris just going to draw on this. <laughs> yeah. um, but my question is about the writing. She's crossing them off as she does them. And it just seems as though the traditions have nothing to do with the day of Christmas. Like, what <laughs> went through the process of going, you know what Six Geese a Land is? It's a movie marathon. <sighs> like, what is, like, What what happened there exactly?
1: <laughs> you know, I think... <laughs> I think, I think they wanted to, you know, especially because this was a mystery thing. They actually wanted to have, you know, a mystery surrounding an ornament and one that was lost and obviously the most meaningful one. They also needed to get in fun. Mm -hmm. So I think that they were thinking like, okay, so if we have, you know, the 12 days of Christmas and we have these ornaments, let's give each one of the ornaments an activity that is going to be fun. Um, I don't know what Six Piece of Lane <laughs> has
4: to do with,
1: like, watching a Christmas movie-thon. They're Movie not th-
3: necessarily I, directly related. Yeah, they just
2: right.
1: No, to I, be- I mean, I'm laying on a couch when I'm watching... <laughs> <laughs>
2: One, I love it. maybe that's, you watch it six for movies maybe that's oh, what you do yeah, yeah. That is a marathon yeah. yeah
1: um so <laughs> that's the only way that i could really connect the dots on that one that was a um, tough
2: one i'll give you that
0: yeah. <laughs> uh at one point you guys are you finish you know yeah. cooking and, and and baking cookies and then uh Someone suggests going out for takeout or grabbing takeout. And then you guys don't do takeout. You actually just go to the restaurant and eat pizza. What happened? What was the move from takeout to actually going and sitting down in the restaurant? Tell me the well, story. Well, buddy,
1: buddy, your your memory Uh-oh. is a little off on that one. Okay. I'm just going to have to course correct. So what ended up happening is we were at one location baking the cookies right? right. and then at Holly and Ivy. Right. And then we went from he comes in, uh, Michael comes in and then um, one of the characters says, oh, so and so down the street said that we talk about getting pizza. Yes. And then she says, oh, if you're going to get pizza, so and so might know where the ornament is. Because she was friends with whatever. So basically there's a hint there. So I'm like, yes, let's go. So we go to the pizza place. And then I get a hint about the ornament. We take the pizza to go. And then we go back to Holly and Ivy. To eat the pizza.
2: Oh, so you're back so where you, you started. Oh, so you yeah. are back at so Holly and Ivy. We are back, but yeah. we're in the front
1: of yeah. Holly and Ivy and not in the back
4: where we were eating the yeah.
3: cookies. We thought they were making the cookies yes. at somebody's see, house.
0: Yeah, I, I, that, yeah. I
4: can't
3: believe you guys didn't get yeah. that. Yeah. How dare you even bring <laughs> no, that up. Guys, Everyone knows listen. what the front of Holly and Ivy Guys, I'm tired. done. You've I, been I'll to Holly and Ivy so many times. I
0: am so ashamed of myself. All right,
2: Nikki, we had a huge argument on the podcast about a pinky promise, and I need you to help us a little bit. Oh,
1: that's what I saw. I noticed you did this yeah. Earlier. yeah. Okay, so
2: um, there is a it, while they're at Holly and Ivy eating pizza. She pinky promises with Michaela that she's going to be at the pageant. But there's a pinky promise earlier in the film. Yes. And that pinky promise is a touching scene. But the pinky promise itself did not make sense to me. Like basically what you said was, hey, I never forgot my mom. Like I, I'm a grown up. I never forgot my mom. And then you say pinky promise. And I don't understand, I guess, how like a pinky promise is an agreement between two people. Like, it's not just me saying um, I'm going to eat pizza for dinner. Pinky promise. Like, it. you know what I mean? Like, it's. So what was the I'll tell agreement?
1: you. So the agreement was is basically she was wondering um, and they may have edited it so that it wasn't totally clear. But she was wondering. She was scared. She had been scared that she would forget what her mother would look like. And I say to her, I've never forgotten my mother. And then her response was, and they may have edited this out. I didn't catch it. Um, was really like question mark. Uh-huh. mean, and me, then I say to her promise, like okay. pinky okay. promise. I like, you'll never, you're never going to forget okay. her. That's, That's a really,
4: great yeah, answer.
3: That really is. A, you know That's
0: what? A great answer. When in doubt, Blame the editor. That's right. That's, well, now <laughs> I feel boys. Boys, We had a ten-minute conversation about <laughs> the P. editor P. is yeah. literally
1: going to no. watch this and be like that. Sure.
3: <laughs> well, and I just want to say I had the editors back because I I said while it is not the uh, I, the traditional way to pinky pinky promise, you can still say something I, like I never forgot. True. Yeah, and I promise no. I've never forgot, and no. I pinky, pinky promise, promise that I have. Is it. an
2: agreement between two people.
3: I, it is, I is an agreement.
2: I am Michaela, saying something. No, we're not doing this again. Okay. We have like an actual <laughs> person here. She uh, gets it. Yeah. She's fine. She's Mikhail- got nothing but time. I tied. totally the, get the it. The shot of Michaela saying "Really" is I believes still in the movie I thought she was going really you haven't forgotten your mom and you're like yeah pinky promise I promise I haven't forgotten <laughs> like I swear to you I I'm the, bring me a bible I've never forgotten my mom like yeah. that's what I thought was happening and that did not like you would not pinky promise on that to me but I look I trust you also, yeah, we've talked to an editor of these movies, and they always are so great and take all the blame for all of you guys. So God bless you. <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: well, you know, it's not their fault, actually, no. because, you know, so you have to turn these movies in. And when you turn them in, you have to be a certain amount of time over so that Bill and Michelle and Randy and Ashley and everybody can put their notes in about what they want to be taken out. So you always want to be a little over. So the editor is actually just taking everyone's notes. It's mm. actually not their, like their call to make it's all the executives involved of like what actually gets, ends up getting taken hear out
3: that, Bill, it's <laughs> your fault.
2: That's right. Bill. <laughs> Bill. <Welcome laughs> to you, <buddy>. No, we <laughs> actually had, we did a Candace Cameron uh, movie called switch for Christmas And there's a a thing that didn't make sense at all in the movie. It doesn't. We had the editor of the movie on and there was an entire flashback sequence that would have made it all make sense. And it was like we were doing investigative journalism. Like it was like mind blowing to hear that this this would have would have actually made sense. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, listen, I, I really think that it's important. I think it's a really it's such a misstep to be like, ah, the audience won't notice it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Let's not do that to them. Mm. Like, let's not. Like, let's 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 not make that kind of movie. I, like, let's try to I be thoughtful that. and let's try to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I
2: want Nikki on the podcast for an episode. I want her to be yeah. on. Do the wait, what's the hot take? Do all of it because she would can be I? amazing. She would be yeah. you can
3: be yeah yeah serious You would be absolutely. amazing.
2: Let's.
3: I would love to do that. Let's find.
2: Let's find a date and let's do it, for sure. We're also, we're hanging out at Christmas Con together. Oh, you're going to be at Christmas Con?
1: Are you going to Christmas Yeah, we're going to be there.
3: Guess, yeah. 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 Oh, it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, we're going to you. guys, you. I get to meet you in person. That's right. Yes, that's the that's correct the response. B- that's right, yeah. That's the b- everybody has been saying, oh, I get to meet the deck <laughs> the Hallmark guys in person. It's a big get. <laughs> are we better in person? I'm not sure yeah, we are. Well, I and know. I think it's like, uh, uh, you what know. What are you wearing?
2: Uh, I'm going to wear stuff that, like... <laughs> I'm going to wear a bunch of stuff that people are going to be like, "Why is that guy at Christmas Con?" I can tell you that right now. Um, so sorry in advance. Like
1: a John Deere T-shirt.
2: <laughs> no, I actually, we actually, when I think a movie is really terrible, I call it a dumpster fire. Um, and that, <laughs> and, and we actually sell a T-shirt online that's just a giant dumpster fire. And so I'm going to wear. I'm on a panel, uh, and we're playing a game. I'm going to wear my dumpster fire T-shirt. So you won't be able to to miss me. You won't Nikki, miss. I us, promise yeah. you.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to debate on whether I'm going to bring all my ugly Christmas sweaters because I have like two weeks worth of them yeah. where I can wear a different one every day. Are you wow. in the
3: Are you in the ugly Christmas sweater contest? Because you should just be a contestant.
1: I should. I have yeah. one that's R two D two, and then you can oh, press man. it and um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan yeah. so like oh you can press God. the button yeah. and R2-D2 like makes the noise like yeah. like and on
4: it it's love so it.
1: good I'm trying to find a Chewbacca one so if you guys find a Chewbacca am like it. Christmas yeah. sweater <laughs> yeah. that I'm a
0: huge Star Wars account, nerd I love it I'm, you, have yeah. a, you
3: have a couple days to get it shipped I'm, yeah, to your I'm house and make, make this content. happen
0: That's right. um, yeah and, and I'll just Let say
3: we've seen a lot of people's list of like people that they want to meet it's usually it's like Lacey Danica Nikki and then Deck the Hallmark and so
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just know know that you're
3: there.
2: Like, you're there, but it's just. Yeah. uh, We won't make it uncomfortable for you, Nikki. We won't make it uncomfortable (laughs) for
4: us. (laughs) Mm. By the way,
1: I know. It was actually kind of a shock when they called and they were like, Do you want to be a part of Christmas Con? You come and you, like, sign autographs and take pictures. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but, like, do they want me to? I mean, like, like like, really? Like, It was hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that people were going to come and, like, actually want to take pictures with me and take my autograph and do that. And they would, like, come to this event and do that. I was like, are you sure? I mean, like, I would love to get away from my kids for three days, 100%. Like, this sounds amazing. And to meet some cool people. But, like. Really? They want me to come? So I'm excited, especially now that you guys are going to no, be
3: there. Are be you fun. down? Are you down to uh make some people upset you and just let us take pictures with you and the person that that's paid right, to like take that. pictures <laughs>
4: with you? <laughs> they, say, it's all guys.
1: I think that sounds
3: great. They're getting like two in one. That's
2: right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yes. yeah. Maybe
0: that's yeah. the way they feel
3: surprisingly to, enough sure. the con people didn't ask if we wanted to take pictures that's with them. <laughs> they missing out on a gold
4: mine. That's <laughs>
3: People are going to
2: be mad. Let me ask you this. This is a true story. There are 3,400 people. It's sold out. Christmas Con is sold out. The convention room that has the uh, panels only sits 400 people, right? Okay. So you're with me so far. On some, yeah. on Sunday afternoon, there is a panel with Ryan Pavey and Andrew Walker. Only only 400 women get to go to that panel out of 3,400. Is there going to be a riot?
1: I did not know that. Yes,
2: bloodshed. Yeah. And you
1: know, I think I'm and you change my flight and get yeah. out of there. <laughs> and you
2: know, you know, gonna who's, gonna take, you know who's taking three
0: seats. These guys? <laughs> yeah.
1: wow I did not know that yeah. oh. it's
0: terrifying yeah. it's terrifying
2: is, I mean how did they pick the 400 I think you had to get in some like you when you buy your ticket but then it's like a fast pass it's thing well,
3: it's, but I think it's also a first this isn't that important for people that are listening I think it's a first come first serve and there's also there's uh, pictures going on at the same time so if you didn't get your picture with uh, Lacey Chabert you go during the panel yeah. if it's not a Got panel you're it. interested in but who not Who's interested not interested in that of, of the of the oh, clientele
2: coming to Christmas con? Mm. Who's not interested it, in the Ryan Payton Andrew Walker combo? Yeah, <laughs> the problem Have is, you guys and, talked to Andrew Walker. We talked oh, to of yeah. them. Andrew actually, we were in L.A. and we did a live show. He came and did it with us. Um, oh my god! Yeah, he's, he, he is. I awesome would love dude. to
1: do. I would love to do that with you guys. So I, oh Andrew gosh. and I've done a movie together. I he is like a golden retriever. I, I like <laughs> he's the golden retriever of dogs. He's just like happy all the time yeah. and now, it's like, you very,
2: mean, like. You mean he's the golden retriever of people because the golden retriever of dogs is just gold. a dog? Yes, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> just want to make sure we're on the same page there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a golden retriever of people because he's like happy all the time. That's he's true. very friendly. Yeah. He just bounces around. He's the he's best like, man. You know, he's he's got nothing, nothing but like freedom and mm-hmm. like happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. just he's the best. He's what's, really wonderful. What's great
3: is Andrew's gonna be there just on Sunday because he's coming from JuiceCon.
2: That's right. That is true. He juice and his juice wife con. have a juice company and they've been selling. I know. Juice I know. Con. Coming from no, straight he from JuiceCon. So he came. We did a show at the Dynasty Typewriter. He came out and brought us all juice. And then he Little did, West. And yeah, and then he did the Q and A. We did a Q and A. He did the Q and A with us. Um, Amazing. So just He's and a great now dude. That, if, if, if you're out there, now we know who else to call next time. Because, Please call yeah, me. Because Chris Palaha is also, like, he is the ultimate friend of the show. Um, he Our first episode was him, and then he came on afterwards. So, you know, Amazing. we're just trying our best to, to build as many bridges as we can. Those are all
1: my dudes, man. That's right. They're those good are, people. Those right. are all my dudes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Chris Palaha and I go way back. We've been friends since 2004. I was the first person to meet his first child when his first child was born wow. in a hospital. Gosh. In Hawaii. I lived at their, yeah, so him and his wife were out there. They had their baby in Hawaii. I lived with them at their house. Wow. (laughs) Man. I've lived with with Chris and his wife at two two different times in my life. And so Chris and I are super close. Andrew and I are super close. Like, those are my dudes.
0: Oh, my God. What's great
3: is Chris has been complaining about us not mentioning him enough, enough on, the on the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> so Chris, your is, Chris. We took up part of Nikki's interview That's to talk right. about you.
0: Right. And it
1: turns out you does, are a I
3: decent do, guy, if you yeah. can believe I
1: it. I can talk
2: about Chris Palaha all day. I oh,
3: boy. It. Awesome. Um, rapid fire? Yeah, we like to end with a rapid fire where we ask. Uh, we each get to ask you three questions, and you have right. to answer it as quickly as possible. Yep. Uh, kind of like a rapid fire. That's right. Um, okay. Uh, who, who, wants, who wants to go first? Pinky Pinky promise. Promise, promise. promise to
2: go first. Here we go. One, two, three. Pinky. Oh, okay. me.
3: <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, <when>, uh, <laughs> we, ne- we should never let you go first. He asked the dumbest questions. I'm just letting you know right now. They're terrible. Go ahead. Okay. When you were a kid. Okay. Did you
3: have a toy that you took everywhere? If so, what was that toy?
1: Teddy Ruxman.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, you have to drink either Coke or Pepsi the rest of your life. Which one do you drink? Coke. Yeah. yeah
2: there uh, favorite movie of all time. Oh,
1: jeez. Um,
2: or how about this? I'll give you an out, a dream director you'd like to work with.
1: I mean, that's just as hard because it's different. It's <laughs> yeah. like I would yeah. never want, you know, Catherine Hardwick to oh, like. like yeah. it depends on the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I was like movies that I love. I mean, I I, I like I was a huge Star Wars fan dr- growing up. Which is the Definitely best one? Better. Um, the original. New um Yep. And, uh, same with Indiana Jones. Those huge, huge movies for me as a kid. But I think like the one that like really like changed, like my life, there was two movies and made me want to be, um, an entertainer. And one was singing in the rain mm. and the other was funny girl that Barbara okay. Streisand did. Um, but those two movies like blew my mind because I was like, Oh, like you can sing and you can dance and you can also act. That's great. Um, yeah, so that's what I'll give you on that. It's too hard to no, pick.
2: Those are good answers. You did great. Those,
3: good answer,
4: are, that's, good answer, those good answer, are great good questions. Yeah. Um, those are great questions.
3: So Hallmark movies shoot really quickly. Sometimes you yeah. don't get the best, your favorite take. You you do it. You got to move on. Has there yeah. ever been a take where you did it and you're like, oh, boy, that wasn't good, and they ended up using that take? that you, You're watching back to the movie and you're like, man, that was not good. If so, what's that scene?
1: Um. I have gotten real smart about that, actually. Um, I, if I really and truly don't feel like, if I'm ever in a position where somebody's like, but I want you to do a take where you do this, and I, and this doesn't happen that often, where I'm like, I adamantly disagree. I adamantly disagree. I just won't give it to them.
4: Nice. Because they
1: will use it. They yeah. will use it. Um, they'll be like, just give me one. No, I'm not going to give it to you.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that very rarely happens. Um, if I know that um, – and this doesn't happen as much actually in Hallmark world because I come to set. I know all my lines. I'm ready to go. You don't mess around. You've got 15 days to do a movie. You can't be learning your lines on set. It's very unprofessional in my opinion. And also um, – also, you don't get your best performance. If you're still learning your lines, you're not you're not like in the character. You're not like you haven't done all your homework. So, um, you know, come to set know what you're doing, get on your mark and be present. Period. Um, but there has been a couple of takes where I'm like, "You know what? Give me one more. I just need one more." And then I do it and and they're like, "Yep, yeah, that's the one." But most of the time the director's like, yeah, we're gonna take that. Every once in a while, I re- the thing that does happen when I get upset about is they'll say they'll use that take, but then maybe the director didn't love the shot, and this mm. happens more with male directors than female directors. <laughs> um, the director didn't love the shot as much, mm. so for them, a lot of times it's more about the shot than the actual performance, and I'm like. People don't care about the shot. Like, what
4: do they not <laughs> understand? Like,
1: they're watching the actors. They're watching the story. They don't care about the shot. Like, just get the best performance. But every once in a while, that's happened to me, and that does make me angry. So I'm very careful now of protecting myself as an actor. And if I know I'm with a director who's not going to protect me in that way, I'll b- I'll just blow the take.
4: That's awesome. Yeah, right I mean, in the I middle of it. the
1: take. Right in the middle of the take, I'll just be like, "Nope, you know what? This isn't going well for me. Let's just go from the top. Thanks so much. And, and just like, go to the next one because I don't want to give anyone that opportunity to use a take that isn't the best. Um, in a moment, yeah, because awesome. you, after getting burned a couple of times, you learn to protect yeah. yourself. I've
3: been blowing this podcast for a while, yeah, you have, but yeah,
4: Listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also because you're the producer, of as producer well.
2: which i is keep kind telling of you me. what I need from you, right. and you keep blowing it. You're just it's not protecting him. I've yeah. said that for years. We're not getting the shot. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, best restaurant or your favorite restaurant that you love to eat at?
1: Ooh, in Los Angeles.
0: Sure. anywhere sure or anywhere uh,
2: or, or just give me a good barbecue restaurant in Georgia that works yeah too. there you go <laughs>
1: oh you know what yeah I know actually in Georgia here's the thing about barbecue more than likely you're gonna find the best barbecue at somebody's house that they've been like smoking all night that's true like you're not really gonna go to a restaurant and find it maybe in Tennessee you know Tennessee has some really killer barbecue um, but, like, in Georgia, you're going to find it, like, at someone's house that they've been doing. Um, out here, we have Nobu Sushi. I love Sushi. I'm a big Sushi person. Hey, we're
2: going there and on Wednesday night, actually. Tuesday night, uh, next week. Chris, Are you? Yeah, yeah, Chris Palaha. We're coming in to do something we can't tell anybody about yet. Chris Palaha said he'd take us out to Nobu. So I've never I've never had sushi. He's never he hates it. He well, He just he's very picky. I'm a I'm a big, big
3: texture person. And the tech like just looking at sushi kind of makes me uncomfortable. You've never
1: had it at Nobu. Yeah, I've never had it. I'll just explain. My husband had never had sushi, never liked sushi. Never, ever, ever. We went to Nobu. He was like, "Whoa, this is a different thing. It's just beautiful. It's on the water. It's so romantic. It's very yeah. expensive." That's why we Chris is
0: crashing. Yeah. It's romantic. Chris it is taking yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Chris. Listen,
1: I might have to come and like hijack right. this dinner. Come on, come crash it.
0: Come Absolutely. On. I
1: mean, um. I'm gonna have to text Chris and be like dude, you're going to have to get an extra chair for me. That's so right. I love, no, I know I love no sushi. It's a really special place to eat out here. How in Los often Angela. can
2: an LA actor say their favorite restaurant? We'd be like, yeah, we're going there next week. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. I think, yeah, exactly. South Carolina. That's I think right. this
3: is the one That's time. Amazing. That's right. Yeah, this is it.
2: Um, all right. Most expensive drink you've ever purchased or consumed.
1: Oh gosh. I think um in Paris um, at the Hemingway bar in Paris. Um uh I I got a cocktail there and I think it was like forty bucks. Oh boy. And it was delicious. Um, but yeah, it was really expensive, and I think A, because it's one of the most famous bars in all yeah. in all of yeah. Paris, it's the Hemingway bar. Come on. Um, but also nothing's cheap in Paris.
3: Forty
2: dollars yeah. for a cocktail.
3: Boy. Yeah. Um you probably can't uh say the name of this, <laughs> but Has there ever been a movie TV show that you auditioned for that you got a callback for that you really thought it was going to be you were going to get it? You didn't get it. And it turned out to be something that was really awesome.
1: That's a great question. Um, You know, I'm going to tell you, um, I actually uh, my friends, I, I call me the white witch. Um, And tell me that I have really kind of like like powers (laughs) and um, and um, anything that I've ever auditioned for that I was up for that I almost got that um, that I was like perfect for. You know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. really, really, really wanted. It didn't go like Mm. if somebody else got the job, it just didn't go. Um, Only a few times has it happened where somebody else got the job, but it was like they were more right for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was definitely more right for them. But very, very few times has it happened where I was really the perfect person for it and for whatever political reasons I didn't get it or they just decided to go with a different look that it actually ended up being a big show. And my friends are like, that's your witchy powers. Just like-
3: <laughs> that's that's why La La Land was so bad. That's right.
2: Let's be honest. Was like, didn't, they, they didn't want They gave it to Emma Stone. Get, oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm up, I'm, I, I just auditioned last week for a show and I can't tell you what the show is because it's, it's one of my friend's shows. And they, they were like, you have to come on. You're perfect for this role. You have to come audition. And I was like, Yes, I read the character. And every once in a blue moon, this happens where you read a character and you just feel them. It's like you inhale and they're already there. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I mean, and this was one of those characters. And I'm a little worried because the show, the script is so great. And then they told me, they were like, we're going much older for the character of your (laughs) husband. We have an offer that we've put out. Sean you can't
4: Connery, fight. he's going to be your <laughs> <cousin>. <laughs> Sean, Sean Connery, Sean Connery. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and they're like, <laughs> so like, there's too much of an age discrepancy, but like your tape was perfect and you were so perfect. I don't know how we're going to find the other person, and I'm I'm a little nervous because this is my friend's show, and I want it to go and I want it to be great, but like that's never happened in the past. Usually the show just dies. Like, is, it our, is the
3: show already it. greenlit or is it just? The pilot is, oh, yeah. Wow. The pilot's already
1: greenlit. Mm. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, last I'll let you guys know if my my streak continues. I wanna hear teacher. I
0: wanna hear about it and watch it. Uh, Star <laughs> Wars episode nine. Do you have uh opening night tickets? Are you gonna be there?
1: No, I won't. Because like after I got two kids, it's like that stuff is really hard for me to kind of keep up with. But we did go my whole family went as Star Wars characters this year for Halloween. Nice. Mm. And um, my son, I, I I call him R2D2 because like at the end of the day, it was really R2D2 that kind of saved the universe. Yeah. And um, my and so my 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 friend who's another R2 or another Star Wars fan wrote this poem about Star Wars for Benny and I have it framed on his wall so i there's other ways in which i show my like real fandom for the movie but i just think it's like a it's so genius it was so beyond the scope of anything and there's so many different incredible themes in that movie that you can relate to anything in your life you know um and i truly believe that benny my my youngest son in this way like He always felt like even in my belly, like he belonged to the world. He didn't just belong to me. Mm. And he was sent here to like hope and and give hope and inspiration that like, I mean, he's a miracle the way. His heart was specifically wired like mm-hmm. that kid wasn't supposed to make it. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he's alive and doing what he's doing is just he's, you know, he's he's like our to do to. He's part love of it. the the few that have been brought here to save the world.
0: Oh, I love
2: it. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, last one back to the audition front. Do you have a memorably bad audition like where you Oh yeah. where you do you, like oh, a story yeah. you could tell us where you just went in You did it, and you walked out, and you went, that was awful. Two. (laughs) Okay. Two. Okay.
1: Um, One of which happened when I was in my early 20s. I think I was like 24, 25, maybe. No. Yeah, 23, actually, 23, 24. And I went in, and they wanted me to do a British accent, and Mm -hmm. I was like, it was a next-day appointment. And I was like, I need time. I need to work on this. They were like, just come in. And don't, don't worry about the British accent. You know, if, if you end up getting the job, we'll teach you. So I get in the room, I do the scene. It was great. And then they say, um, you know what? Just give it a shot. Oh no.
2: Like
4: it doesn't have to
1: be perfect. And this ridiculous (laughs) Jamaican accent comes out of my mouth. That was the most, I couldn't stop it. I don't know where it came from, but it, it was 100% Jamaican. Can you find it <laughs> right after now? after I was done, the casting director just looked at me and was like, that'll be all for today. Uh, yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs> and I
4: left.
1: I've literally, she's never had me back in her office. Never. <laughs> and um, it was so bad. And then then <laughs> the year, like the pilot season after my, my son had his first open heart surgery, he came home. He was on oxygen. I had not slept for like six months. Like it was bad. It was bad news bears. I was in a really, really, really sad place um, and non-functioning. I went in for a pilot audition and I was like, I'm going to put on a beautiful outfit. I put on this like off-white, like classy, you know, jumpsuit thing. I got my hair blown out. I, you know, I went in and I got into the room and I was so tired I and, and exhausted and in such PTSD I couldn't get through the first scene and I kept restarting and then I couldn't get the lines out and I just kept restarting I was like sorry guys I I, I don't know why I just I, I worked on this but I can't like Oof. I just can't I, I'm sorry and then I just started sobbing oh, no.
4: No. sobbing
1: Stopping in the room. By the way, the director's in there. The producers are in there. The writer's in there. Casting director. I get mascara all on oh, my off-white. jumpsuit, Like, it's running down my face. I walk out of the room. My friend who was going in after me was like, what? What
4: happened to you? <laughs> and I
1: was like, I just need to go home.
4: Like, I, don't, I
1: shouldn't be here. Mm. I should not be here. This is bad. And is- I thought, it was so bad. Oh, and unreal. then- do you guys know Ashley Williams? She's another yeah homer. yeah yeah. We know her.
2: She's not been on the show yet. We're, we're, we'll get there eventually. But you she's gotta, right. yeah,
1: you got to get her. She's the best. So she's been my one of my dearest friends for twelve years. And I ran into her a week later. She was out here with both of her children, single parenting, going through pilot season on her own without a nanny, without anything. Oh, man. She was like, in, and she was like, not doing well either. And I ran into her at an audition, and I was like. Um, how's it going? And she was like, not great. Not great. Last week. And I went into a, a casting office and I started sobbing and I was like, I did too. Which cast, it turns out it was the same. No, casting oh, office no. The very same day. Oh, boy. I was in the morning. She was in the afternoon. And I, I just was like, that poor These casting These people must director. think we're absolutely out of our minds. But like, also, I've never been asked to come back into that casting director's mm.
3: office either. Wow! It, I want—I just want to know: Can you? Do you still have the
2: accent?
1: Which accent? The, Jama- the Jamaican, Jamaican one. one. Oh no! That's the thing. It's like I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I
2: mean, I, I heard your Sean Connery. To, that
3: was solid. Sean Connery it. was great. Yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. I don't know how to do a Jamaican accent. I mean, like I can, I like you know, I like Bob Marley and I love that you know Rasta music. But like, I just that was the strangest thing ever. It was like somebody took over my body <laughs> and I still in person.
2: I love that. You so should, the so only okay. way that that uh, audition gets better is if you end it by saying "Merry Christmas" eleven times in a row. <laughs> That casting director's like, so she went full Jamaican for five minutes and then said Merry Christmas it must have been a dozen times. No? times. By counted.
4: the way,
1: that will never happen again in one of my movies. I can assure you that. I assure you. I will. I will that will never happen again.
3: Uh,
4: mm
3: um we did it first yeah, of all thank, oh, you, thank guys, you for coming um <laughs> thank you you're officially now the longest interview we've ever had and that's wonderful no way. yeah, yeah it was so much fun so thank you for hanging on for over an hour um, are you
1: guys kidding this was so much fun you're so lovely i've wanted every single year like when i've done these i've asked my pr team to reach out to you to see if you wanted to like sit down and talk. Cause I just think what you do is so cool. It's so fun. So thanks for well, having me. I got to
2: tell you, we always uh, interview these, these folks from the hallmark and I'm always, I always go in going, go in, you know, there's no way that this one can be better than the last one. And you were just absolutely amazing. amazing. Incredible. You were welcome here. Thanks, anytime, yep. uh, I mean, just can't tell you how Thank great it you. was. Yeah,
1: I really appreciate it. Like, honestly, Please, I would love to come and like host with you guys if you're ever in LA. Like whatever you want, please reach out and ask. I would love to do this again. Love mm.
3: it. Well, uh, we'll see you at Christmas Con, and may we. Oh, if the... I don't
1: see you at Nobu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Right. Exactly.
3: No, no, we Christmas Con first, Nobu oh, second. Yeah. Okay. We got two. We'll get yeah, and then Nobu. Then yes. Nobu. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. of hanging out with that's us. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and may we be the first to wish you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthahallmark.com.